Happy Monday, happy Monday, happy Monday, everybody. This is Kira Gladney. I am the host of Mask Off, the charity movement podcast, and I'm so excited for another episode. I always say I'm so excited, but that means my excitement is constant. At least I'm consistent, right, y'all? Exactly. So I'm very excited for the interview today because it's a very special person. I say it's a very special person every week, too. Okay, everybody's special. Okay, everybody's special in their own way. However, this person is really, really special because this person knew me before I knew myself, okay? And it's not Jesus, okay? But we serve Jesus, hallelujah. It is my sister, my oldest sister, okay? She is also my mini mother, okay? My mom is still here, but she's like my mom, like behind my mom, okay? So I love her. She is a wife. She is a mother. She is a professional uh, she knows everything in my eyes. Um, she's an amazing woman. She's so giving. She has a heart of gold. Um, she is just an amazing, an amazing woman. So relentless, just such a breath of fresh air in my life. And I know that after today, you guys will love her so much, um, but you guys can't steal her. You guys might be able to share her just, just a little bit. So I just want to introduce to you guys my sister, my bestie, Jennifer. Hi, sister. <laughs> First of all, this intro was like, what? You know, I do not. I cannot take all that kind of love. Your girl started turning red. I'm oh like, you know, it's so sweet. Thank you. Yes, this is my sister, you guys. She is like the most beautiful thing ever. Okay, I love you. You are too. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. So let's get into it. So, what are three adjectives other than what I've already said that would describe you? Oh, that's a good question. I would say independent because I was the firstborn, so I kind of had to be Um, optimistic. I'm always looking at the glass half full. Things are always going to turn around and be a positive thing for your life and cheerful. You know, I like to laugh. So why not be cheerful? Absolutely. Okay, so speaking of cheerful and speaking of always thinking of things half full, how does life feel with having a teenager and a preteen? Child, (laughs) listen, your patience is tested on a whole nother level, okay? Now, I thought having taught, like when they were in the toddler stage, it was a really challenging time because, you know, you know. (laughs) <laughs> they everything. They got personality that is just like really big and all of that. Think about teenagers as toddlers on steroids times 10. Like they are just doing the most and challenging you all the time. So you have to really get, grow some patience, like get it fast. So it's been, it's been a challenge, but it's also very rewarding. So yeah. Oh I agree. I I bet you do. They are just amazing <laughs> and smart and all of the all of the things. Okay. So before, so now you, for those people that don't know you, obviously, um, you live in Texas. I do. Um, but you used to live all of your life before that 
in Michigan, in Detroit. And for those that don't know, a lot of our family live in Michigan and a lot of our family lives in Detroit. How was that transition for you with your family, um, you know, deciding to move to Texas? How was that transition for you? Um, I always knew that I didn't want to live in Michigan my entire life. I always knew that I didn't really want to raise my children um, in Michigan forever. Like I wanted them because, you know, growing up, we didn't really like travel like that. So I wanted to be able to expose them to other things. So we would take vacations and stuff. And everywhere, every time we went somewhere, I was like, hmm, it'd be interesting to live here, you know? Yeah. Um, So moving to another state was just something that um, was kind of like on my list of things to do. Yeah. Um, And as I got older, I just decided that it was something that um, just kept picking at me. And an opportunity came up for my husband for his work. And my work said, hey, you can take work with you. So it just opened up the flood, like everything just kind of like worked in its way, the way that it was supposed to. Yeah. And I was able to kind of like move on and um, expose the kids to so many different cultures and um, ideas and just so that they can see that there are other things outside of your birth city or state. You know, there are other things for you to get into and do and you can make a decision to you know, leave or not. Like my daughter, she, she loves, she loves you so much, Gabby. And she's always saying, you know, I'm going to go back to Michigan because I'm going to Wayne State because that's where my TT went. So <laughs> she has plans. She went back to Michigan for those cultures. <laughs> so she, she should be there in about five years or so. Back this is not all that is cracked up to be. Okay. <laughs> okay so with that transition, you talked about how everything worked out the way it was supposed to with regard to your jobs and, you know, just moving and relocating. But how was that transition for you emotionally and mentally? Oh, that was a lot. That was a lot. You know, leaving, uprooting your life, right? Everything that you know and moving to a space without your village, without a support system that was already built in because that's what you grew up with. Um, It was a real challenge for the first year, 18 months or so until like you have to um, commit to where you're moving to. All right. Yeah. That's, that's what I would say. You would have to really commit. Like you say, you want to be here. So the, the next step is, Ingrain yourself into the community, like get to know families. Like what I learned was not only your church family, but you also need to get to know your community, where you live, the the teachers, the parents at the school, like all of those um, aspects of the people on your block, you know, because, you know, growing up. We didn't go outside like that, you know. No. What I'm saying? So, like, really getting into your if you're in the subdivision, see what's what's out there, and try to be as active as you can, so that you can learn the things that's going on around you. Because it's gonna take still a village to help you be able to 
you know, raise your kids and you want the right type of people around your family. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's something that you really need to take into consideration. So that it took me a while. It took me about 18 months before I was just like, okay, I got to come out this house and I really need to start meeting people. I need to go to women's Bible study. I really need to, you know, learn it and, and, and try to get it ingrained into my, into my psyche, you know? Yeah. So during that transition, what did you learn about yourself? Because like you said, you had it took you 18 months to kind of get into the swing of building a different normal or a different village. So what did you learn about yourself during that time? You know, it's so funny that you asked that question because um, still today, I'm still learning more things about me. Like, you know, um, that I am an introvert at heart. Like, you know, I when when I am placed in a situation where I am around people, I can put it on. I'm fine with being who I am and um, laughing and having a great time and teaching something or whatever the case. But um, I have to push myself out there to do it. You know, and that's something I learned about myself um, with this move is that you have to, like, really step yourself out there so that you can be uh fulfilled so that you can feel like you are actually doing something for yourself one thing that i really learned um with this move was finding some friends right okay and actually spending time and having like little girl dates right where we just go to lunch kids at school I'm on my lunch hour. Can you push your lunch hour to this time? Let's meet up here and get some tacos together or let's go to the coffee shop and let's have some tea or whatever the case, just so you can decompress. So yeah. you can vent about whatever it is that you need to vent about, but find you finding that space to be able to have that time was important for me because I felt like um, I was closing myself in. I was working from home, right? Yeah. I was in a new place. Um, my husband was gone into an office meeting new people and I was mom, you know, at home trying to take care of everything. So learning that you have to step out your comfort zone and make it a point to do something for you. Like we talk about this often, how important it is as women. Yes, you're a wife. Yes, you're a mother, but you're also a woman and you yeah. need to do things that will serve you getting your nails done that that'll serve you getting your hair done that serves you get, get, getting some makeup on every now and again that serves you wearing something cute that serves you it makes you feel good it changes your attitude it it brightens your day it makes you feel good so yeah. those are things that I learned that I need to you know do to help me yeah I love I love that you brought that up just pushing yourself out there because like you just said, some so many times we as mothers, we only look at ourselves with that adjective. And I think, or that description of who we are. And I, I think that's why I am asking every person, like the first adjective that comes to mind about yourself, because before you were a mother, before you were a wife, before you were, you know, a lot of these other things that we add to our names before you had that degree, before you had that career, God made you a woman. <laughs> God gave you the emotions and the personality of who you are. And we shouldn't just cut that off when we become parents because at some point our children are going to leave. They are indeed. And we left. 
our identity going to be them? <laughs> we have a personal testimony about <laughs> that. Okay, yes, baby. We do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> you know, it's so funny that you said that because I think it was probably last night and I was spending some time with God and I was just kind of like talking to him about um the importance of making sure that my relationship with him and then my relationship with my husband and then my relationship with my children, even though they're all, they all together, they meld together, but those individual spaces, right? And then you have to think about your relationship with yourself. You know, I battled depression in 2020. It was a lot, you know, 2020 was crazy. A lot of things happened and that during that time, it helped me to be able to see a therapist and let someone teach me some things that I was battling from childhood and that I needed some help with. So it's important for us to be able to tap into that for ourselves. It's important. Absolutely. And if we don't tap into it, we will realize over time that we will be creating small little fires Mm-hmm. And then we'll realize over time, like, oh my gosh, look at how much stuff is burnt up because mm-hmm. I haven't dealt with these little problems. And little problems eventually create bigger problems. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, especially with situations with our spouses, they'll look around and be like, well, what happened? <laughs> yeah, because we keep it in where we, we tend to internalize a lot. Um, you know, getting older, I am learning a lot of things about my body that has like really changed a lot. Like, you know, I developed migraines um, in the past, I don't know, three to four years that are like really intense. And it has a lot to do with stress. It has a lot to do with um, just being a woman in general things. Your body changes up. So, so it's just like, you know, when you have these things, you got to see where you are um, lacking and try to find something that's going to help you to be able to address it quick. You don't want nothing to just linger on. Like you said, internalizing stuff and then boom. And they like, hold on. Uh, I just asked what was for dinner. I mean, what's good? What happened? <laughs> like, what was going on in your life? Okay. Do you want chicken or fish? I'll, you know what? Never mind. I'll make my own. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, speaking of addressing things and just that level of transparency, um, let's switch gears to how does that translate to how you communicate with your children? Because, you know, they're in a, a different state. They are older, you know, you have a teenager and a preteen. So how do you prepare them in communication with all the things that are being thrown at them continuously? How do you build that communication with them? You know, now we have social media, which is just like, even if you are trying to keep and prevent your children from seeing social media, they have friends that are on social media. Right. So they're going to see social media. Google is at their fingertips. Right. So um, every morning on the rides to school, we have a conversation about um, 
just kind of like, you know, they read their devotionals at night. We hold on to it. And then in the mornings we talk about it and then we say, okay, let's apply this to real life. Give me a situation that has occurred that can relate back to the devotional that you read, right? Yeah. Um, and then I also make it a point to share. Like, I don't want to be like the mom that's like, I know everything, so you can't tell, or you can't beat me at the game, and you can't, you know what I'm saying? It's it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. Like your kids should not be your friends, but they also should be in a place where they feel comfortable with coming to you and saying, Hey mom, I like a boy you know, or, yeah. hey, mom, um, uh, you know, I saw a girl uh, today and she was really cute or, you know, or I'm being bullied or, um, you know, asking about sex even. Yeah. There are things that are happening in school. Your kids are going to hear about. You may not talk about them, right? Yeah. You need to be able to have that time where you can open the door and say, hey, you can come to me and talk talk about anything. And don't just say you can talk to me about anything. Actually say the things that they can talk to you about. Yeah. Be honest about the things because if you don't, then the 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 ignorant child at school that's just as ignorant as your child is gonna tell them things and have them believe in things that are not true. That's right. <laughs> so that you have right. that that door open and actually being transparent and honest about real life. And like I said, social media makes it so hard because what I, and one of the experiences that I had was my son plays on the football team and some of the boys were looking at pictures on their phones. They were like passing it around and stuff. And it was like of boobs. And my son came home and was like, um, I saw, I saw some girls, um, boobs today and I was like, hold on. I was like, well, you saw what? He said, yeah, at school they, they were showing girls boobs on the phone. First of all, huh? Now this is before he even had a phone. Okay. So he was, you know, looking over that show. What y'all looking at? He see boobs. He want to ask about boobs now. How come you got boobs? Like you gotta, you gotta be ready to have real life conversations about sex, about drugs, about, you know, um, just like things that are going on in the world, stuff that's yeah. going on in Ukraine, the things that are going on when we had uh, previous presidencies and things that were just kind of like heightened and, you know, race, you have to have these conversations. It's important for their age. If you don't, they're going to be so green that someone else is going to be teaching them. And that's not good. Absolutely. And I love the comment that you, yes, I'm not my child's friend, mm -hmm. but I still have to like transparent with them. And the, the comment or the phrase that I thought about in my head when you said that was, yes, I'm not my child's friend, but I'm also not their opponent. Yeah. And, you know, we, you know, we were raised a certain type of way and we talk about it all the time. Yes, just like we are not a part of that, you know don't ask me anything. It's because I said so, because mm -hmm. the generation of children that we are raising are mm -hmm. intuitive. They're yeah. asking questions and they are intelligent to the point where if we don't give them the answer, they will search for the answer. Oh, they're going to find they it. Find one. Yes, they will. Even if it's not an objective answer mm -hmm. and it would behoove us to give them the objective and answer all of their questions honestly 
than for them to be introduced to a reality yeah. that is uncensored and unsafe. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I even think about teaching Bernard Titus his body parts and, and yep. everything like that at, at a young age. And it's the reality that we have to. Yep. Because not just so he can know his body parts, but Lord forbid anything occur, he yep. needs to be able to articulate himself mm-hmm. at an early age. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that we have to think that way in preparation as parents. But I would rather have a child that's prepared for anything that could possibly go wrong, um, especially being a minority. I I agree. I mean, I would say that, you know, when you are dealing with especially the 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 sex or anatomy of a child, it's important not to call things by these sweet, you know, funny, cutesy names like, no, you have this. You know, you have, you know, you have this. We need to say what those things are so that. If they come into if they come into a situation where they can minister and help another child who's yeah. parent may be saying, Oh, that's a cookie. No, it's not. My mom said that's a blossom. I need I want my kid to be that kid. I want you to call a thing a thing. Say what it is. Why are we telling these kids that their parts are pastries? Because they're not, they're not pastries. No. They are part of their anatomy and they need to know. That's what they have, and no one should be doing anything to their parts, period. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay, so let me ask a question. So how much of your childhood do you expose to your children, if they ask? Recently, my daughter, she um, she turns 15 this year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> this year. Uh-huh. Um we talk about everything. Okay. I mean, everything because see, this is this. And I tell her all the time, like, I feel like an old lady because I I always say when I was growing up, when I was growing up and I'm like, golly, I say that so much, but you know, the fact that you have um, the vape pens that are in the schools, um, you have uh, children who are bringing in a liquor and water bottles. You have children having sex, getting pregnant in the high school. Like she's in high school. We not with the elementary games no more. We are real things are happening. And so it's important to share about the ch- my childhood. I experienced sexual abuse when I was younger. It's important for me to try to do everything in my power to ensure that the children are exposed to things that could potentially happen. Also, it's important for um, me to just make sure that I'm being super transparent about what happened to me when I was younger Um, and how I can kind of like, I take bits and pieces from my childhood that were just like, yeah, this is spot on. This is something that I need to, you know, pull into when it comes to parenting. But there are also quite a bit of things that it's like, I don't want to raise my kids like that. Yeah, I want them to understand that they can have a voice. A child should, you know, you have that old saying that said, you know, a child should be seen and not heard. That's yeah. not true. 
You know, that is not true. I don't like the, I, I want, I want for the youth to be able to express themselves and not be afraid to do so. Because when you have um, a generation of people who are not afraid to share and expose things and learn and teach each other, then I think we're moving in a in a good path for the elders to kind of look back and say, wow, you know, we're doing a good job with this future. And that's what we need to be trying to do for our kids. Absolutely. <laughs> I think about um, a an interview that I had and how uh, when we were talking about something similar, they were like, yeah, because I remember when you were 12 and I saw you on the news and you were saying this and you were saying that. And I was like, and I told her, I was like, the gag is that I thought that I was going to get a whooping when I got home. If people saw, if my parents saw this on the news, because the first thing I thought my parents were going to say is you, you were talking back to an adult. Oh, you, oh no, oh no. And I was so scared that whole bus ride back to the school. I was like, oh my gosh, I am about to get a whooping. Oh my gosh. Because I, you know, we were just we were just taught, you know, not to talk back, not to do anything. And of course, I always push the envelope of the I'ma say how I feel type of thing. You that you know that's another reason why I decided that I wanted to raise my kids to be more outspoken, respectful, but outspoken, right? Um, it, I think it had a lot to do with me seeing you as a middle schooler and being honest about something that you saw an adult do that was disrespectful to another person, right? Yeah, and the importance of um a child being able to say, you know, correctly, like that was wrong. How can I, as a kid, look up to you about something and you're bullying someone else, you know? So that, so it's important for you to be that. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of like, even social media and stuff now, like you see a lot of kids who are older you know, generation would say, oh, they just too, they too saucy for me. I would never, you cannot, da, da, da. But it's like, you need to have that, that type of, uh, outspoken, uh, not afraid, uh, children who are able to, cause those are leaders. Those are true yeah. leaders. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is you, you can't be rigid, especially in this day and time. You have to be very, um, direct and you have to um, understand what you're saying and and know that your words have power. And if you didn't mention that, then it wouldn't, because still to this day, I still get notes from friends and stuff. I told you, I sent you something this morning. She, she was like, Oh my God, is this your sister? Jennifer, I just saw your sister on the ad. Is this your sister? I was like, that is my sister. I never saw the ad. I had to go and find it. And I'm like, Oh my God, that is my sister. Oh my God. You know, because, People still to this day, like, oh, my God, your sister, they remember you from that video. They remember you from, um, you know, graduating as, you know, the lead, the head of your class. You know what I'm saying? And so having those types of things, that's important. It it shows that your parents did a good job. Yeah, it does. Yeah, a good job. Yeah. And though and though, like I said, sometimes, of course, I got in trouble for it because I just. (laughs) 
I was a very intuitive kid that wanted to know what I wanted to know. Even if I was about to get in trouble for it. I just yeah. want to know what I want to know. That's where my Titus get it from. I know that's where Titus gets it from. <laughs> and I try to be so intentional. And it's so funny because I was um, just going throughout my day working from home the other day. And I was talking to Titus. And Titus does this new thing now where he's like, I'll, Titus will say, Mommy, can I get a cookie? And I'll say, no, Titus, you can't have a cookie right now. It's not time for a cookie. He'll say, but I want a cookie. <laughs> monster <laughs> and i and i uh i was like where did he get that from did he get it from school where did he get it from and i was talking to bernard yesterday and i was like babe i really want something i really want i don't remember what i was saying and he told me like no I, you cannot have this gear and i was like i really want it and then the Lord reminded me he was like you need to stop doing that because that's the reason why titus <laughs> <laughs> and it just showed me like Kiara, you really have to be intentional about the things that you do, not necessarily because they are, you know, volatile behavior, but it's because our children soak up so much of our personality when they see us. And um it's so funny that I already have an outspoken and honest child. Mm-hmm. And I always found it interesting growing up that churches and especially with us growing up in church churches are so um happy when you have a child in church that you know plays the drums or they want to preach or they want to sing but when it's time for that baby to react or be loud or um correct or have an opinion it is all of a sudden all of a sudden shunned upon and we have to be fair on both sides if Titus is cute enough to grab a mic and, you know, hoop and, and preach, he's also cute enough to say what he does and does not like. But, you know, um, I think that's like a cultural thing, too. You know, too. I think it is, too. I think it is because, you know, I see I see that. And then I see, you know, as I'm just kind of like I'm a people watcher. So if I'm at games or war ceremonies, anything like that. I see other cultures and they're interacting with their children. Their children are very, I don't want to do that. You know, <laughs> they're, like, they're like, no, but I, I, I need you to, I don't want to do that. Like I say that I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. And it's a culture. It's a cultural thing that we have. I believe in my opinion that we kind of like, you know, harness in on our children, make sure that they're respectful make sure that they do, you know, X, Y, Z and everything. And I think it's because of what we know the world can be for them if they're not. Yeah. So we make sure that we kind of ingrain it in them. There is a happy medium though. They don't have to be so tight with it. They can still respectfully, as I've said before, can still be able to be outspoken and share their feelings, even if there's something that you don't want to hear. Like we started a, when we moved down here, we started a kind of like a, you know how you get a performance review when you're in, when you're working? Yeah. We started like a performance review every year that the kids put, give us, right? Like, like how, how am I doing as a parent? Sometimes the comments are not, they're baseless okay (laughs) but sometimes there are some things that you need to take and listen to and say huh 
I guess because you just mentioned you was like, because I said so. Gabby told me she was like, you say that. You've said that to me a couple of times. And I really genuinely just wanted to know why such and such was such and such. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess I got to come to a place where it's important for me to just say why, you yeah. know, instead of saying because I said so. Say why. Say, give your why. Yeah, I think that is, that's an amazing point. And it it teaches us that some of the things, like you said, some of the things that we learned or some of the ways that our parents operated, it wasn't necessarily that it was, again, volatile or anything. It's just that with the children that we have, it just doesn't work. Like if Bernard Titus doesn't want to hug someone or embrace someone or talk to someone, there is nothing. And I mean, nothing that you can do (laughs) to make him do it. Yep. If he doesn't feel it for today. And I think it's interesting because as much as adults have to realize that we have bad days and good days and that we have days that we want to communicate or not communicate, Mm -hmm. children are the exact same way. Like some days they don't feel well. Some days they're not having a good day. And I can remember being younger and I would have to like beg my parents if I was having a bad day, like, please don't, I don't want to go to school. I really am just not having it, blah, 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 blah. And eventually they were like, well, if if you're not having a good day here, you're not going to have a good day there either. So maybe we just don't need to send you to school. Yep. And um, I think it just takes us you know, taking the mixture of what we've experienced with, you know, the personality of our children and kind of making that into what parenting looks like for you. Yeah, those, you know, and those mental health days are important, you know, um, when you're at work and you're working a long week and you're doing all of the things that you're doing outside of work that are important to your family and your household, Um you want to take a mental break, right? And yeah. um, in, with school and everything, these kids have so many different, that not only are they responsible for all of their classes, but they're also responsible for having a social life and sports and um, different activities and volunteering and community service. You know, I'm always in the car with my laptop working, but making sure my kids get from there to there to there to there, because it's important to show them that it's okay and you can juggle things. But if you tell me that you're tired and you say that you can't do something, we're going to talk about it. And if if you can't do it, then that's when we're going to take a break, because maybe you need to take some things off of your plate, your young self should not be this exhausted. So let's try to see what we need to take off your plate to help you to get the break that you need. Absolutely. And I love that. I love that you are so intentional about always staying in tune with your, with your kids. I think that, um, just, I mean, we always talk about just the differences in parenting style between our parents and us. Mm -hmm. And just to see you have that open bond with Gabrielle you know, being a teenage girl and then looking at even how our relationship was when we were teenagers and how you would come get us. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (sighs) You would have thought that Jennifer was our mother between the ages of 13 and 18, even in college. Like Jennifer was the first part. Hello. Yeah, this happened. What does that mean? 
<laughs> you know that's so funny. That's so funny because because this morning me and Gabby was talking about um a devotional that she read and it was talking about siblings and how siblings argue. And if they're if they argue a lot, then they're not gonna have a solid foundation. Like they're gonna have some some issues, right? And um, so then, so so I told you we always relate it back to what's happening in real life. So my my kids they argue, but they don't argue like it, I believe if I had daughters that were the same age or around the same age, okay. way, they don't really argue like like catty or whatever. So she's like, you know, so mom, did you argue with with your siblings? I was like, unfortunately, no. I really I'm older than everybody else, so it wasn't an argument. It was more of redirection you know that's not the right thing to do don't yeah. you know and um but but i also believe too that sometimes you need to have those arguments because if you don't argue then when you get in outside the house and you're arguing with somebody you're not going to really know how to handle it you know your parents yeah. going to make you have a conversation mm-hmm. and fix whatever the situation is if you argue with somebody outside the house and y'all beef out you're not going to talk about it. You're not going to try to right. fix it. You know, that's all about the communication that we, you know, act like it's so important. If it's important, then you need to be able to have that disagreement and then also make sure that you come to a common ground and respect each other's um, stance on whatever that disagreement is. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree because with you, it was like Jennifer is our sister. But it's like she's also like she's like our mama's sister. Oh, what? It was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's just how it was. But for Shay and I, we are three years apart, so we argue every day. Like that yeah. was just like, what are we doing? Going to school, eating, coming back, arguing. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. But now that y'all older, y'all like the way that she is protective over you, even with our parents. Like yes. she is protective over yes. her sister. She would go to bad. Like if anybody messing with her, what you say to her, don't say nothing to her. Yeah. And in turn, we're the same way about each other. Like, oh, true. you messing with just don't say nothing to her. Yeah. Leave her alone. It's true. Um, but I think agreeing. It, it teaches you that conflict is not necessarily a bad thing. It teaches you that just because you have conflict, that is not grounds to throw somebody away. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not an end-all, be-all. Arguing can be very healthy if you're not spewing out hateful words or yeah. doing a lot of things and even getting loud is not necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. um because sometimes that's just how people communicate mm-hmm. but um i think that that has really helped me with not just being a parent but having communication with other because i understand that just because you have a bad day with somebody just because you guys don't agree that doesn't mean that that person is bad or that person doesn't like you or that person doesn't love you. Um, So I think that's, that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about marriage. You have been married (laughs) for a long time. The funny thing is my sister got married at 23. 
And from then on, I had a quick prayer. Quick. Very, very quick. After she got married to her husband, I had a quick, quick, quick prayer. And I was like, I don't even think it was like a I'm sitting down like or on my knees type prayer. It was like a very quick stand-up prayer. Like, Lord, I really want to get married by 23 too. Amen. Okay. Amen. That was it. Lord, I really want to get married by 2023. Amen. So went to college, going through college, having a great old time. And eventually I did not think that I was going to get married early. Like I was like, I'm just going to take my time. Cause at the time I wanted to go to law school. So I'm like, I'm going yep. to go to law school. I'm out here. I'm going to get this money. Yep. Um, I'm just going to be out here doing what I want to do. Traveling the world, doing my thing. Um, boom. It just so happened that the year that I graduated from college was the year that my husband came into my life and I got married at 22 and a half. <laughs> and when I thought about it, it made me laugh so hard because the Lord reminded me as soon as I got engaged, like, you remember you prayed that prayer after mm-hmm. you got married? Mm-hmm. That you wanted to get married by 23? <laughs> there you go, baby. There you go. I got you. <laughs> so how did it how did it feel being married early? you know, building a life with somebody. How how was that with you? Um I was the first of my girlfriend group to get married. So I kind of started the domino effect of everybody getting married. Yeah. Um so for like the first two years I was the only person married. It was it was fun, but it was challenging too. Like have you ever like really enjoyed doing something and then was like, golly, this is tough. You know, <laughs> like I like it, but this is tough. Yeah, I think um, I was the first, I think I was the first one in my friendship circle to get married. And my best friend didn't get married until two years. Yeah, that was that was Sam. Yeah, she got married two years later. Christian got so, married two years later too. Yep. So it's like one of those things where you know I am walking this path um with him right and i'm learning a lot of things with him pastor dick was very instrumental in my marriage okay um he was our counselor it's so funny we lived in the same city and we lived probably about three miles from each other i never saw him but my husband ran into him every time he went to the grocery store he ran into him when he was running errands he will say oh I you know I'm not gonna say the name he used to call him but he he used to say like oh my gosh I ran into Pastor Dak and we talked for a good while and he was like you know he was a mentor to him and was really just kind of like trying to teach him how to be a husband right I mean essentially that's what he was doing and teaching him how to be um, the head of a household. And, you know, before we had children and stuff, it was important for us to like spend time with each other. Right. And uh, although we had prior to getting married, we were together for like four years already, but it was also, we were dating in a relationship. When you get married, like people, this new school kids talking about something, the paper don't mean nothing, the paper don't mean nothing. Um, 
birth certificates mean stuff. Death certificates mean stuff. You got to sign papers to get loans, mortgages, all of the things. So it's important that sanctity of marriage. It is like, you know, you got you got you got to have a friendship, you know, being able to just like kick it with my husband and tell him how I feel about things and vice versa and just, you know, be able to laugh and stuff and have inside jokes and all the things that you would have, like, with your friends and stuff, like, you should have that in your marriage, too. Like, it's not just a romantic thing. It's not just that you need to be able to have fun. Like, that's important. That's very important because on the days that you just not even feeling him or he not feeling you, you know, you could say something and they're going to laugh and then we're going to talk about this thing and we're going to get back to what it is, you know. So that's 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 what I think um, kind of like helped us in our relationship and building um, in our marriage. And what I will say this, though, um, sometimes I do look back and I tell my daughter this, uh, although I got married young. Yeah, I would like. For her to travel the world. Me too. And experience life um not married if that's what the if that's what the Lord say. Right. Because you you also have those, you also have that edge too. Like God will tell you if this is something that you should be doing. And if it's not, then don't jump into something that you shouldn't jump into because you're going to jump out of it real quick. Very you know, because it's not easy. It's not a walk in a park. Like everybody is just like, you know, all into this social media love and goals and all of that stuff. And marriage is great. It's fun. It's you building a life, literally watching yourself build a life with another person and creating other humans. That's a part of that life. And that is beautiful and wonderful if God gives that to you, like if that's what he wants. Um, But also, you're going to have challenges. You're going to go through things financial, spiritually, um, physically that you need to be ready and prepared for. It's not going to be an easy cakewalk all the time. And I think that's a a lot of the times because we have uh, social media, everybody believes that it's supposed to be all you know, roses every day. He bring it home and the house is just full of red roses. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, guys. Have fun. <laughs> it's, it's unrealistic. No. I think that the beautiful parts of both our parents' marriage mm-hmm. as well as seeing you and your husband being married is for our parents we saw our parents like joke on each other like yes. oh my god yes we saw them go yes. back and forth and of course you know we grew up we didn't have a lot of money yeah. but there was never a day where mom or dad didn't think about each other even if it yeah. was mom was going to the grocery store and she like oh your daddy like that candy bar get that candy bar so your daddy can have it well i'm gonna cook him his favorite dish it you was know. always an intentionality of we may not have much, but what I have is going to be to make you happy or to yes. make your day. Even if it wasn't like expensive, it was like, I know your mama don't want to cook tonight. Let's yep. go get Chinese food or let's get pizza yep. or whatever to make that job easier. Yep. And I loved seeing um, the benefit of you being older than me was, you know, just having the benefits of you getting to a place 
of adulthood where you started to really, really get the blessings of God, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because you were older. So by the time I got in middle school, high school, you were grown. You were um, married to Bryant. So when he came into our lives, this is the first time we was getting gym shoes on a regular basis. <laughs> like, seriously, like our sister took us to go get um, uniforms that fit. Because mm. our parents were buying us two, three sizes too big. So that you can grow into one. And because we were developed and our parents didn't want anybody to see. Okay. Um, <laughs> and prior to my dad being saved, my dad was, you know, in out here mm. and in the streets. And my dad was just like, nobody's going to take advantage of my girls. True. Nobody's going to sit here and look at them a certain type of way. So we were dressed like we were about to do some, you know, nice. and okay. Yes. Oh, happy day. <laughs> So, and, um, you know, to this day on a certain level, I struggle with like that. Like, oh my goodness. If my dad saw this on social media, what would he say? Or what would he do? Blah, blah, blah. Um, Same. (laughs) Even at this big age, there are things that I send to you, um, private message. And I'm like, I could never post this to my feed. My mama gonna see this. Exactly. Oh my goodness. I remember the picture. Exactly. The picture that you love, the picture that you love of me, that I had a red lipstick, I posted it. And my parents was like, so this is what you gonna do? (laughs) This is, this is the thanks you gonna give to the Lord. Uh Oh my gosh. (laughs) Let me. I love that photo. That's my favorite photo of you. It's such a, it's such a candid shot, but it's also like, it's, it's also sexy. It's also like, this is a woman. My sister is a. I've always seen you as my baby, even all the way up until I saw you in your dress on um when we went to the store for you to try on dresses. Oh yeah, I've always seen you as my baby. Like you've always been that little baby with that blue jean outfit on, with that blue jean little hat. Okay, you've always been my baby. So I ain't been like, what you talking about? She get married? Hold on. Oh. What? Not my sister. But when I saw you in that dress, I was like, oh man, I think I sent sent my best friend. I sent her um I sent her the picture and I said, This really happening. And she is not a little kid. She is an adult. And we need to start treating her as such. And she was like, No, you need to start treating her as such. She's still a baby to me. <laughs> and to this day. Her best friend is my big sister. And anytime I go to visit her, I get treated <laughs> like I am three. Do you need anything? You want some water? You want me to make you, you, want to make you some food? You need anything? Yep. And she does the exact same thing now to my children. <laughs> but I mean, it, you just, you just, your life inadvertently gave us a different perspective of what life could be. Mm. So uh, you growing up and being older than us gave me a new hope, if that makes sense. It gave me a new hope. Like, I can be this. When when we saw you go to college, my mindset was like, oh, I'm going to college. Boom. Oh, I'm going to be something. Yeah. Oh, I'm a, you know, even when you, when you always, you've, you've 
always talked about moving like even when you were thinking about going to Georgia not Atlanta like Savannah going somewhere in Georgia I just want to be in a warmer climate I want to give my kids a better life my mind was like I do too (laughs) (laughs) where am I about to go where I want to go and it really just made me look at life like I don't have to have my expectations here that's right I can go high. I can go as high as my dreams or my imagination can take me or as high as God wants me to be. And so even with marriage, when I saw you get married and you guys bought your first house and then you guys had Gabby and then you guys have Gavin, then you guys bought your second house. I'm like, I want to buy a house. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, that's, that's so is, that's kind of, um, a full circle moment for me for you to even say that because my my ultimate goal was graduating high school because mom mom didn't right right i'm going to graduate high school i'm dedicated i i had a different last name i changed my last name back to my mom's last name i wanted to make sure that she felt like she really did her job yeah with me right yeah, and then going to college, you, um, Lachey and AJ was my drive of staying in. It's it was a many times that I was on the verge of being kicked out because I did not have the money to be there. So I had to work two and three jobs to get that tuition money, you know, be able to pay for school and and do the things that I needed to do in order to stay there. So it was a, it y'all was my drive. Like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I I gotta see this through because if if I see this through then I am the example that they're seeing so that they could keep moving too. Like don't, you know, in families, a lot of times we don't, we don't have the the privilege of being able to have that generational wealth. Yeah. Um, uh, generational knowledge. Yeah. You know, and, and, and in learning things. So then when I learn something I, I want to share, and then when you learn stuff, you share. So then I'm teaching my kids the things that you're telling me about stuff that you've learned. Right. And yeah. then we're all just kind of like sharing those things in our friend circles, you know, um, just in like when we talk about different cultures and how those cultures say, hey, you can stay in this house as long as you want. Save your money up. And when it's when you get married and stuff, then you can move out. And in a lot of times in in black families that doesn't happen because they have other people that they need to take care of. So having that extra yeah. mouth to feed, it's like, um, what you going to do? You going to work? You going to go to school? Cause you need to go. Like, <laughs> I got three more and exactly. I can't do you too. You gotta, let's get it together. And I, and, and so for you to say that that's very kind, um, for you to say, because that was my, y'all were my drive. Y'all were my hustle. You well, know, our first, our first goal was, I don't know if it was you, but Shay and I used to say it all the time, like, um, we can't be 16 and pregnant. We can't oh, girl, pregnant. yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was our first goal. Like, we can't be pregnant. We can't be 17 and pregnant. Like, it's like once, nothing 16 was, pregnant. <laughs> once 16 was on the horizon, it was like mom saw red that whole entire yeah. year. Like, what you anxiety. Because yeah. it was like, it was like her whole life was coming back again. Yep. And even you saying that really puts into perspective why mom always 
whenever she sees that I've done something or I've announced something new that I'm rolling out or I have a new achievement, mama texts me or, or call me or message me like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. Yes. Oh my gosh. Because I didn't get it until now. Like it's it's as if she is reaffirming herself that I did my job. Yes. You know, like I, I've accomplished something. And for moms, when you see your kids mm. really do all you wanted them to do, even if it's something small, you know, even with Titus now, with teaching him to use the bathroom by himself, mm-hmm. every time he see, every time he does it, it's just like, mm-hmm. thank you, like mm-hmm. thank you mm-hmm. for taking part in this educational process. And though our parents didn't, you know go to finish high school or go to college they did stress the importance of going yeah um and so it was very important to them that yeah. was something that they knew that um uh, again you know you kind of um because and I, I i try to put myself in their shoes mm-hmm. um you because you didn't do it you feel like if i can if I can um, make sure that my children do it, that means that I actually contributed to making someone in my bloodline better than me. You know, Um, when you talk about small, small milestones or milestones for your children, you know, Gavin has high functioning autism and, um, you know, you get all of the, you know, autism is a spectrum. So you have children who can be, you know, very challenging, can't speak. And then you can have children who are highly intelligent um, and are very smart. And and what I learned with getting him tested and going through all of these different doctors and teachers, administrators, all these things, is that you can't, uh, when, when every child is different, right? Yeah. And w- when they're learning, I was I was told that he would, you know, just be a regular uh D student. You know, he wouldn't really do well. He wouldn't speak. He would have all of these challenges. And um God is just so he's so funny how he is gonna make sure that as long as you are um staying committed and believing in his will and what he says, what these doctors and teachers and everybody say don't mean nothing because what he says is how it's going to go. Right. And, um, he's like, he's a 4.0 kid, you know, socially he's, he's not really, you know, all that super social and stuff like that. He really would rather hang out with his teachers than hang out with students, you know, but the thing is that's how I was as a child. You were. I do not like talking to people my age. It, it got on my nerves. It was stressful. No, I used, I used to tell mom all the time. I mean, she like, I don't, I don't have her going outside. She know everything, Jen. So she's telling me, <laughs> me everything you know you didn't tell her. And I'm like, mama, let her go outside with the kids. She like, no, she can't go outside. She has asthma. I'm like, okay, then you come home with the tea. It's over after that, girl. I was telling her on my lunch break, what cares say happened at school? <laughs> I just knew. I just knew. And I think that's how Gavin is, too. Like, I just knew from a very early age that I would not fit in. Like, I just knew I wouldn't fit in. And I tried my best. 
mm-hmm. to fit in. It just did not. You're not meant hurt. to fit in. No. I tell Gabby that all the time. You're not meant to fit in. You are meant to stand out. She you is. Are. She really you are. Is. You are meant to stand out. And don't let anybody dull your light. I mean, you know, colorism is really, like, huge in our community, but it's also huge outside of the community. And because she's a chocolate She's a chocolate um, girl. Oh my gosh. She she deals with okay. things that I never experienced growing up. So it's very um interesting the types of conversations that we have, but the confidence that she has, I never had. Never. I never, never had. had. I love that about her is that she walks into the person that she is and she's unapologetic about that. And you're not gonna tell even she's like, even on my worst day. I still look wonderful, okay? <laughs> Inside, yeah. I love that. You know, like that's what you want. You it took me. That. It took me a whole child to feel like that about my. The craziest thing is, um, I remember dealing with depression and suicide when I was sixteen. Mm. I remember. Um, I remember dealing with it prior to that. Because, um, like I said, I always felt like an outcast and I was never comfortable, you know, really in my own skin. I remember being in college and um, getting sick and things like that. And I never really felt comfortable, like who I am, what I'm called to do, like just being Kiera. And it took me having a child. Mm-hmm. Like this is the this is the most this okay body okay this is the mm-hmm. this is the most i've ever been like weight wise whatever wise mm-hmm. the most i've ever been and on my worst day mm-hmm. you can't tell me anything okay but you but you know that's crazy though because growing up we were always telling you how pretty you were how cute you are how adorable you are how smart mm-hmm. you are like giving these these affirmations all the time but you know that's how the mind will really play with you and how you believe in that you are something that you are not. Yes. You no, know, it will really have you believe in that you are just not even worthy of things when yeah. you know deep down, you know that you should have. Yeah. But your mind is telling you and clouding you and telling you all of these um, lies about yeah. who you are and, and, and what you should have. And it just shows you that this is why we we have to give our kids support and acknowledgement and things like that. But realistically, they form an opinion about themselves by themselves. Like they yeah. take what we say. And then, of course, they have to, like, retract all the stuff that the world says about them yeah. and form an opinion about themselves. And as much as we want to shape everything, mm-hmm. yep. the reality is we have to let them go through their own process with of course with God leading and I thought it was always interesting and I think about this all the time that my whole life I was for the most part like from high school and college especially in college I was fit I was active Mm -hmm. I was doing a lot um and I was essentially very very beautiful Mm -hmm. and I did not really catch that until now being married having children i'm like man (laughs) you cute (laughs) you are so cute and 
that is with with or without makeup that is with or without my hair yes. thing it is like it's like i finally see yeah the beauty the potential all of that all of that inside of myself yeah and that gives me the motivation now as a parent to be like especially having sons mm-hmm. i want to show them what a healed whole successful woman looks like yeah what that looks like what what they should go after and to have titus look at me and say oh that's mommy yeah she's so beautiful she's so pretty full like to have someone look at you you you're honest okay yeah oh yeah honest okay and if he can look at you and say that it's like oh Thank he just sweet this boy. I love him so much. He's so sweet. He's so but sweet. you know, it just having you as a sister is like it's such Gee. a gift. You're such a gift. Okay. You are such a gift. okay. I was talking about you today. You're such a gift. And I really, really love oh my gosh. Sister, please. I'm going to look down now. Okay, that's enough. Okay. What's your next question? I don't have any more questions. Okay. Well, I want to say this. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, uh, I am just super proud of the person that you are and are becoming, right? You left from being a very sheltered young lady and moved from the house to college, then got married and been rocking it ever since. Like, can we just talk about how my sister is a professional. She is doing charity movement. So many women who she's helping and touching and being transparent with her life. Like so many things that you share, I never, I never, ever thought that um, you would share because we don't, we don't hear people talking about it. Yeah, right. We don't hear women talking about postpartum. We don't hear women talking about um, um, being sad. We don't hear women talking about miscarriages. We don't hear women talking about um, just like being all around mom wearing all of these different hats. And sometimes it's not easy. And then the fact that you can be transparent and say that it's not easy, but I'm still doing it. And you see me being committed to something that I love and that I enjoy. Like you always have had the heart for women, like always. You've always been that way. That's been really um, something that you've been gifted with. You've been um, very instrumental in making sure that a lot of people who are in your circle, outside of your circle. I know I have, you know, people that call you and talk to you about stuff that are my age, like my friend group will call and talk to you about the word, 
talk to you about, you know, certain things that's going on in their lives and that you are a keeper of secrets. Okay. That's something that means so much to me because I've shared things with you and I've never heard anybody else repeat something that I've told you back to me. Right. Um, the beauty of the sisterhood and, and what you're creating here with charity movement is that women can come and actually share, you know, the things that are happening with them, like literally taking their mask off and knowing that with you, they're in good hands. And I um, have to commend you for what you're doing. Like you, it, whenever you're feeling tired, whenever you're feeling down, just remember that there are so many women who are quietly watching what you're doing. So you may not hear someone tell you how important you are to them in ministry, but I'm going to tell you right now today that you are important to us in ministry. Your posts online are important to us, both the very serious ones and the ones that have me cackling. (laughs) (laughs) The ones that have me cracking up. And, um, I just, I'm just so excited about the things that you're going to be sharing here in a little while too. Like God is really like putting his hands on your family and it's just so many exciting things that are going to happen. And I'm just so happy to say that you are my baby sis, like forever will be my baby sis. And I love you. Protect you at all costs. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Fight for me. Yes. (laughs) True. Thank you. I appreciate that. I I really, you know what? And the craziest thing is, um, because our mom has so many siblings, you know, Mm -hmm. my our mom has 17 other siblings Mm -hmm. growing up. And a lot of them were stair steppers and they Uh, You know, they had their little spats and arguments or things like that. But at the end of the day, our family was still family. Yeah. And we knew that if we ever needed to call our family, they would be there some type of way. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that that always made me look at women a certain type of way and say, you know, they're supposed to be protected. I'm supposed to love them. And that's why it was so hard for me growing up when I did not have like a lot of girlfriends mm-hmm. um, until middle of high school, then going into college. Yeah. Um, I didn't meet my best friend until I was 16 and she's still my best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really makes me really value women and value those relationships because I saw my mom <laughs> with 11 others, well, 15, 15, mm-hmm. 14 other sisters. Mm-hmm. And they would argue but mm-hmm. you bet not. Yeah, mind your business. You better not get into the argument. Yes. Then all 15 of them are going to mm-hmm. turn around on you. I to rock you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I learned is that, yeah, conflict will arise. But at the end of the day, I'm going to always, yep. always be down for the people that I love. And so yep. um, I really, really appreciate that. I really, really appreciate Really appreciate this interview. Thank you for giving me this, this time. This I know. This is just basically, I want to be honest with your viewers. This is just a look into our private conversations. Like okay. 
kicking it every day. Like we always do. <laughs> so thanks for hanging out with us. Right. The, the only difference is I'm not on here pumping. Yeah. Because they know I will pump. If y'all don't know, okay, I will pump anywhere. I pump while I'm driving. Period. I don't care. My nephew got to eat, okay? <laughs> Formula is not where it's at. Uh, the only thing that's different is I don't get to see my babies while we talking right now. Oh, my God. I got into the camera like, hey, oh hey, let me show you my car. <laughs> no, how about before I came up here? He was like, mommy, come with me. Come with me. <laughs> that means can I come with you? Come with me, mommy. Come with me and give me a cookie. Come with me. No, not sorry. a cookie. Give no. me his cookies. Right then, his then his word was, "Come with me." Okay. <laughs> I love him so much. He's a, he's a mess. Mm. But yes, I love you. Thank you so I much for you. being a part of this episode. I really mm. appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. You're I appreciate welcome. it. Do you have anything that you want to announce? Anything you got coming up? Going on? I don't have anything that I want to announce right now. Okay. I um, am working on a nonprofit for the young ladies in um, middle school. With COVID, it kind of slowed everything down for me, but it looks like we're opening back up. And um, I'll be able to get into the schools and be able to be a sounding board for young girls who really need to have that open ear or someone to help them to be able to kind of like navigate the transitions between middle school and high school. So I'm excited about that. I'm um, excited too. And uh, my daughter's been begging me to, uh, you know, I start, I started off trying to do a prime podcast and it was messing with me because, you know, you, when you, when you're doing investigation for these types of things, I didn't know um, how in depth, uh, these stories are and actually looking at photos of people who um, have died and stuff. And that was really challenging for me. So I, I put that on the back burner, but my daughter and I have been recording ourselves, our car convos. Um, so she's trying to see, I have to get her buy-in, right? I can't just upload these things. I want her to say, yeah. this is what I want. Um, but we've been doing that a lot and kind of just like listening back and laughing about our conversation. So maybe that can be something that, you know, me and her will do together. But right now I don't have anything to announce. I love that. I think that would be beautiful. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Maybe one episode we'll have. <laughs> so I was thinking about, okay. So I was thinking about interviewing mom. Ooh. Girl, your mom is uncensored and unleashed, okay? Ooh. So maybe for that one, we'll have us and mom and Gabby. I think that'll be great. I think she'll be good because she knows that she's being recorded and other people are going to hear. Um, I think you have her good for about 30 minutes and then that ADD kick in and then this is she's like, like <laughs> here I am. <laughs> Taking the gloves off. Okay, she go from Marsha to Mo real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys. Thank you guys to my listeners for tuning into this episode. I want you to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as listening to us on the road, our audio podcast, right? Yes. Um, I love you guys. And remember that the only one stopping you is you. See you soon. Bye.